1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. And so, if you know this scripture, this is Samuel talking to Saul, and Samuel had anointed Saul to be king. And uh, this is one of the things about Saul that uh, one of the parts of the story of Saul that I like. The scripture says that when Saul, after Samuel anointed Saul to be king, that the Lord gave him another heart. He took out the heart of stone and gave him a heart of flesh. And so see, the Lord blessed Saul. He felt himself to be the least of all of his tribe and the least of all the children of Israel. But the Lord made him the king of Israel. He blessed him. And... The Bible says that God is no respecter of person. Now you pray for just a few minutes. I want to say something that will help you today. And so having said that, I'll say this. The New Testament says we're part of a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. We are the children of God. And we studied in Sunday school this morning. I was privileged to be with the young folks. We read the scripture over in Ephesians, I believe it was chapter 5 or chapter 6. Verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And and so if the Lord will help us this morning, I'd like to preach to you for a few minutes on something that's better. And you may be satisfied where you're at. You may be satisfied with the lot you've been given in life. You may be satisfied with the home that you live in. You may be satisfied with the job that you've got or the school that you go to or the teacher that you have or the car that you drive. I want to preach to you about something that's better. This is what Samuel had to say to Saul. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Here you say it. Here I stand before you. I don't know about you. I got up, I ate breakfast, I showered, I put on my church clothes, and I came to church this morning. My story is just like yours. We all made the sacrifice to be here today. But there's something better. We got a little taste of it. I heard Johnny back in the hallway. The Lord was with him. And the Lord was using him. And we got a little foretaste of something that's better. We got gathered up for prayer and people began to talk and testify and the good spirit and power of God was in that. And we got a little taste of something that was better. But I'm here to tell you, friend, there's lots better if we want it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So Saul was made king of Israel, and we read where, and you pray for just a few minutes, we read where that he, the Lord told him to go down and utterly destroy the Amicalites. 
to do away with them, not to leave one trace of them. And friend, you may think it's strange the way the Lord wants you to obey Him. The way, And let's take a look at what obedience is. Do you want to do that? And so obedience isn't doing what I want to do. Amen? Now come on. Obedience isn't doing what I want to do. We're living in a generation today that thinks I'll just do what I want to do. I'll please myself. I'll do any way I want to do. And how dare you say anything against the way that I'm living. That's not obedience. And you're not pleasing to God when you don't obey Him. What is obedience? It's to do what the Lord asks you to do. It may be unusual. It may seem strange. Just look at the things in the Bible that God asks men to do. He asked Gideon to do away with thousands of soldiers. I believe in one place he sent away maybe 20,000 soldiers. And, and when they got down to Drake, and, and if me, he only told him to retain the ones that lapped, I believe, out of their hand or lapped like a dog. And when it came down to it, he sent away another 10,000 and was left with only 300 soldiers to face a multitude of the enemy. And a military strategist would say that that's impossible that you'd retain victory out of only 300 men. Uh, men that served in the years for the military. we got veterans here today. They would tell you that's not good strategy to go into battle facing a multitude of the enemy when you only got 300 men. That's unusual. That's different. That's strange. And yet we did it obeyed God. God brought the victory. Obedience might be, i tell you what it will be. It'll be contrary to the flesh. There's a fear in obeying God. Did you know that? There's a fear. I've been preaching for 20 years or so. Johnny and Gary's been preaching for a number of years. Every time you get behind the stand, there's a little dread to it. Yeah. Not that men would do anything to you, but that you'd let God down. That's right. That you would that you would do something that would be contrary to his will. See, obedience is unusual. Obedience is strange, it's unusual. But it's better than sacrifice. So we go on, we read about Sam, we read about Saul and Samuel, and Saul, when it came down to uh, to destroying the Amicalites, they went down and they destroyed the, the, the vile, they destroyed the things that were ugly, they destroyed the things that there was no use for, they did away with the people but they saved the king, Agog, and they saved the best of the sheep and of the oxen. And you might look at the, a flock of sheep, you might look at that uh, about that herd of oxen and think, well, why would you destroy that? That's just an inanimate animal that could do no harm because God said to do it. If God gave the orders, we should follow precisely what He 
what He told us to do. If God tells you to testify, you better testify. And let's make sure it's God. Let's not obey the flesh. Let's not do what we want to do. Let me tell you the difference. When you obey God and you open your mouth, it'll uplift His name and your brethren. It'll talk well and it'll speak well of God and His blessings on your life. And the church that you go to, you'll be proud of it. Are you proud to be a member? How about this? We're awful quiet this morning. We've sat back. We've kept our mouths shut. We've stayed still. Are you glad to be a member at Dutch Bottom? Are you glad to have been raised in Dutch Bottom's church? Are you glad that your children hear the gospel? Are you glad? Oh, are you glad that the Spirit is still welcome at Dutch Bottom? How did it get that way? Because people down through the years, maybe ones that have gone on, Sharon, Jay and Bonnie, the Wilsons, obeyed God. That's how it got to be this way. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Saul was to utterly destroy the Abacalites, and he spared the king and the best of the sheep and oxen. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to lie about it. <laughs> when Samuel came down through the way, now I'm going to ask you, we, we ask questions here all the time. John asked you to raise your hand if you know somebody that's lost. So I'm going to ask you this question. Have you really obeyed God? Have you really obeyed God? You know what Saul said? I've obeyed the commandment of the Lord. Have you really? This is what Saul said. I've obeyed the commandment of the Lord. But had he? Had he done exactly what God told him to do? You may be sitting here today and think I'm right in the center of God's will. But have you really obeyed God? Have you said everything he'd have you to say? Have you been a witness? You're not only supposed to obey God when we're within the walls of his sanctuary. You're supposed to obey God when you go home. You're supposed to obey God when you talk to your neighbor. You're supposed to obey God when you talk to your family. You're supposed to obey God when you walk the aisles of Walmart. You're supposed to obey God on the job. You're supposed to obey God. Why? Because it's better than sacrifice. Saul became frightened over the people and he tried to blame what happened on the children of Israel when it was him that really hadn't obeyed God. Now, I hope not, but there may be somebody in this house today that just can't stand me, that just hates my guts. If you are, I love you anyway. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. You can't keep me from obeying God. I can't keep you from obeying God. And let me tell you something what happens when you obey God. Good things happen. 
Good things happen. If you're doing something and it springs forth no results, maybe you're not truly obeying God. Saul did something, didn't he? Did it bring forth the results that he wanted? No. As a matter of fact, it brought forth negative consequences. If what you're doing is bringing forth negative consequences, maybe it's not of God. There's a lot of things blamed on God that God don't have anything to do with. Now here we are. It's 9, 12, 21, 20 years since that they flew the the planes into the into the towers in New York. I've been up, up there. I've seen the memorial. They flew a plane into the Pentagon. They flew a plane, and then the passengers uh, revolted against them and crashed it in a field in Pennsylvania. Twenty years later, right? Do you know what the men, the hijackers, had to say? The rationale why they did what they did? They blamed it on God. They blamed it on their God. He was the one that told them to do that. Does that sound like it was God's will? No. Yet they blamed it on God. Now that's, that's a, a reach. I know that. That's, that's uh, something that, that we can't relate to. And yet we blame things on God every day when we've not truly obeyed Him. If they had done the will of God, that would have never happened. But if we obey the will of God, we can see great things happen. All right. Obedience is better than sacrifice. They spared the best. And you know what they were going to do with those sheep? You know what they were going to do with those oxen? Tradition. (laughs) They were going to sacrifice those animals. Tradition. Folks, if we're not careful, we let our habits get in the way of obeying God. We let our habits. We think it has to be this way. It has to do this. This has to happen. We've got to do this. We can't leave that out. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And the next thing you know, we've let the will of God slip right by and we've not obeyed Him. Saul did the same thing, and you will too. Saul was human, just like you and I. He failed God and didn't want to acknowledge it. Are you, how about you? How easy, it is, how, how easy is it for you to say, I'm wrong? It's hard, ain't it? It's, you, don't want, you want another word that's hard to say? Forgive me. And yet, that's exactly what the Lord told us to do, wasn't it? Obedience is better. better. How, would, how would it have been better? If Saul had just obeyed God, he might have been the one to defeat Goliath. If Saul had just obeyed God, he might have had a good spirit about him. If Saul had just obeyed God, he might have ruled Israel for years and years and years. But because Saul did not obey God, he made the sacrifice. He had the soldiers go and fight the battle. He, he invested in the army. He did everything he was supposed to do as far as to be king. But he didn't obey God, and God rejected him for it. I, I quoted the scripture earlier, God is no respecter of person. If we don't obey God, what do you think God's going to do to us? He rejected Saul when Saul disobeyed him. What do you think's coming our way? Now, did that mean Saul was not a child of Israel? 
Did that not mean Saul was not a part of Israel? No, Saul fought on, didn't he? He killed many of God's enemies even after God rejected him. He was still a part of Israel, but he disobeyed the Lord, and the Lord rejected him. Obedience is better. Saul made the sacrifice, but he didn't obey. Here's what happens when you don't obey God. Somebody has to do his will. The deed still has to be done. And if you're not going to step up, God will bless your brother. What was God's commandment? That the Amalekites were utterly destroyed. Saul saved Agog. The Amalekites had wreaked havoc on Israel. They had laid in wait for them. And somebody had to do God's will anyway. And maybe whenever we were talking to the young folks this morning, I love you. I'm your pastor. I believe you love me. If you want to make my job easier, obey the Lord. If you want to make my job easier, obey the Lord. If you love me, love the Lord. Do what He tells you to do. And things will go better. Samuel called Agog to him. And Agog tried to smooth things over, didn't he? He said, surely the bitterness of death is past. But God's will still had to be done. He told Saul to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And so Samuel says, as, as you've left mothers childless, so shall your mother be childless. And he hewed Agog to pieces. You cannot stand against God's people and win. You cannot be successful when you stand against God's people. You want Bible for that? Let's give you Bible. Remember, when Saul was rejected and Samuel went down and anointed David to be king instead of Saul, right? David could have been within his rights to stand up and say, I'm now the king. Everybody needs to follow me. He could have ordered the death of Saul, but he didn't do it, did he? He was even in a position where he could have taken Saul's life. He was in a cave and Saul was asleep in the cave and David and his, his mate were there and, and David could have taken Saul's life at that point. He even took his knife and he cut the skirt of his garments off and he felt guilty for that. I'm here to tell you, you can't lay harm to God's children. You'll answer for that. As a matter of fact, David apologized to Saul for even doing that much. He said, God forbid that I do harm to one of his elect. Obedience is better. If Saul had obeyed God, look what good things were. Here's somebody to obey God. Remember David? Here's what happened when... David obeyed God. Everybody else wouldn't. Everybody else was afraid. When Goliath bellowed, when Goliath hollered. But we know David obeyed God even though he was outmanned, even though he was outnumbered. 
even though he was a little ruddy youth and Goliath a mighty champion, David obeyed God. Did God bless David for it? Well, let's take David's own words for that. I believe Johnny taught out of the 23rd Psalm, and one of the verses in the 23rd Psalm, David said, My cup right up over. I believe he was blessed because he obeyed God. Now, folks, how about you today? I had the young folks tell something that they were blessed with this week. Has God blessed you today? Amen. We can talk about this week. He's blessed you today. You've got clean clothes on. You've got a full belly. You took a bath with hot water. You had a roof over your head and a good place to sleep. And a home in heaven. Whoa! When this life is over, could you say you've been blessed? Then what do we need to do in return? We need to obey God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Let's look one more place and then I'll be done here in a second. You remember the apostle, Paul, formerly known as Saul? Here's another Saul. I guess we're on a thing today, on a roll. This Saul had made every sacrifice. Day after day, he had set under the tutelage of one of the best known lawmakers in all Israel. He knew every jot and tittle of the law. If it was in the Old Testament, he knew it. Far more knowledgeable, far smarter than I am. He had made the sacrifice. You may be sitting here this morning And you can't remember the last time that you missed a church service. You may be sitting here this morning, and it may be in that you were three or four years old the last time that you missed church on a Sunday morning. You made the sacrifice. That's well and good. But have you obeyed God? Saul had made the sacrifice, but he found out there was more to it. While he was on the road to Damascus, he heard a voice and saw an old man and saw a great light. Yep. Have you obeyed God? Even Samuel, this man I preached to you about this morning, when he was just a lad, I preached to you about his young life here a few weeks ago. How he went into the temple and his mother gave him back to the Lord and he served the Lord and, and he, with Eli the priest Eli was a man without vision he couldn't see and the Bible says ere the light in the temple grew dim he couldn't see spiritually how can you say such a thing preacher how can you make such a judgment because his boys were reviled were vile and he reviled them not because he never tried to correct his own children I'm here to tell you today Whenever you've given a child, you've got a responsibility. God trusts you with a child, and He trusts you with that child's salvation. And you've got a duty to seek the salvation of that child. But even Eli, with his dim vision, encouraged the child Samuel to listen and obey to the voice of the Lord. So here we see this man Saul 
hearing the voice of the Lord. You don't hear it with your ears. It don't come through the mouth of someone else. I can tell you you need to be saved. Your mom and your daddy can tell you you need to be saved. You might know you need to be saved, but what you need to wait on or what you need to listen for is the voice of the Lord. Amen. And when He speaks, you'll know the difference. Amen. When He speaks, there'll be fear in your heart. When He speaks, He won't leave you alone. When He speaks, you can't ignore it, you can't put it away, and you can't get away from it. Oh, Saul heard the voice of the Lord of Damascus. He heard the voice call his name. The night that I got saved, John, I was just a little eight-year-old boy. There was no one else in the room. But I heard a voice called by name. He was talking specifically unto me. I don't know how many we got in service this morning. Maybe 65, 75. It doesn't matter if we had 300. If the voice of the Lord is talking to you, He's talking specifically to you. And you better listen. You better obey Him. Saul, Saul, why? Persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now the Bible says this. The way of a transgressor is hard. You want to know why life is hard? Because we don't obey. That's it. It's that simple. You want to know why your nerves are at end? You want to know why that you dread to see the next day coming? You want to know why that you're struggling? Well, preacher, it's Satan. Is it? The way of a transgressor is hard. That tells me when I go against God and I go against His Word and I go against His will, my life's going to be difficult. The preacher, it's Satan, is it? This is what the Lord had to say when He was talking to Peter and His disciples. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And what's the next line say? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me just relay this anecdote to you, and some of you may be too young to remember this. I was raised on 25E. Most of you know my parents own a little white house just across the bridge about a mile. First house on the, on the right, first road on the right after you cross the bridge. I've traveled 25E all 55 years of my life. Whenever I was a boy... There used to be what we called a beer joint. You know what that is? We've quit using that term because that's not politically correct. We've quit using that term because there's too many Christians wanted to go there. We've quit using that term because alcohol has become socially acceptable. Church members, read your covenant. To abstain from the sale of and the use of alcoholic drinks as a beverage. 
I know. I don't know why. I had to mention this in Sunday school. I'm going to mention it out here. I know. Every time you turn on an athletic event on TV, there they are. Smiling, young, pretty, turning it up. Let me tell you what that stuff will do. Let me tell you what that stuff will do to you. It'll lead to your ruin. It'll break down your inhibitions and make you do things you'd have never thought of when you're living right. It'll cause the wreck of your family. It'll cause your family to break up. It'll cause your husband or your wife to divorce. It'll cause your home to fall apart. It'll leave you homeless and helpless and distressed and miserable. That's what they should show on the, on the advertisements. Amen. Well, preacher, I'm completely gone, Johnny. I'm completely Amen. off. But I'm still on obey. That's all right. <laughs> well, preacher, the Bible says a little wine is good for the stomach. Ask Lot about that. Yeah. He drank a little, didn't he? How'd that turn out for him? His daughters got him drunk and laid with him and conceived by him. All because he drank a little. Well, a little social drink, that's all he took. All because he drank a little. They laid with him. The daughters conceived, and one of the one of the children became the leader of the tribe of Moab. The other one became the leader of the tribe of, of Ammon, if I'm not mistaken. And both of those tribes remained in conflict all throughout the Old Testament with the children of Israel over a little drink. You tell me. You're going to see Lot and his family on the Budweiser commercials. I don't think so. Here's what a little alcohol did to Lot. I don't believe that's the first time he drank it. Now the Bible don't say that. But what did they think when Lot tried to tell them that there was destruction coming to, to Sodom and Gomorrah? I believe they looked at him as one that mocked, didn't they? That tells me he might not have been a homosexual. He might not have partaken in a homosexual activity. But he sure didn't live right in front of him. If he had, his testimony would have meant something. Why did Lot get in the shape he was in? Why did Sodom and Gomorrah have to be burned? Because somebody didn't obey. If you want to go back, let's go back. Why was Lot down there in the first place? Because there was strife, wouldn't he? Uh, between his herdsmen and Abraham's herdsmen. You ever seen anybody just get mad and say, I'm not going to take this? Mm-hmm. And they're gone. That's strife. That's what happened. If Lot had obeyed, he would have forgiven Abraham's herdsmen. Right. Imagine that. If Lot had obeyed, he might have had a testimony that his neighbors would have believed. If Lot had obeyed, maybe his sons-in-law wouldn't have perished in the fire. 
If Lot had obeyed, maybe Sodom could have been spared. How much more miracles could we see if we just obeyed? It's better. Better than sacrifice. All right. Saul heard a voice, but saw no man. Listen, folks. Is he speaking to you? Is he speaking to you? You may be here and be satisfied with how your life's going, the friends you have, things like that. What's going to happen when your life is over? What's going to happen when you die? The Bible tells us there's only two places for humanity. One called heaven, one called hell. Things may be going great for you right now, but you're going to die one day. Do you want, and what you've got right now, I can preach to you about. Used to sing a song, Lord, oh Lord, I want to go to heaven. Hell is an awful, awful place. That's what you've got promised to you. That's what you've got. You've got a home in hell when this life is over. But it, it's a place where their worm dieth not. And let me tell you what that worm is. That's those thoughts. That's every opportunity that you've had. Every time some good old saint of God has shook your hand and asked you if you know the Lord. Every time the Spirit has come by and knocked at your heart and you've rejected it and turned it away. Those thoughts will go through your mind over and over and over. And you'll wish with an eternity of regret that you had taken advantage of just one of those opportunities. Where their worm dieth not and where the fire is not quenched. Where you'll beg for one drop of water. That's what you got. But if you would just obey, things could be so much better. If you would obey that voice when he comes calling to your heart. If you would obey when he says you need to pray. If you would obey whenever he says call on me. If you would obey when he says I'd like to save you. I'd like to be your friend. If you would just obey. How, preacher, do I obey? You get down with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I can only preach about what I know. It worked for me. Gary, I wasn't smart enough to be saved. Marty, I didn't have any money. All I know was to beg for mercy. I said, Jesus, please save me. And I said that over and over, and I warned him more than anything. And when I warned him more than anything, Jesus came by and saved this little boy. And he'll do the same for you if you'll just obey him. You don't want to go to hell? Well, I've got something better. Jesus made a home for you in glory when this life is over. Jesus paid for a mansion for you over in heaven. And it's free. All you've got to do is obey His voice. 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, I know John said, raise your hand if you know a sinner. If I ask this question, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass you. Have there ever been a time when you didn't obey? I believe we could all say yes. I believe we'd, I believe we'd probably have 100% if we all raised our hands to that. Let me ask you this. I know we've come short. I know I have. I know I failed God. I know I've let him down, and you probably feel the same way I do. But I believe, I know, I obeyed him at least one time. When I was a little eight-year-old boy, I obeyed him, and I failed something much better. I obeyed him, Marty. I was afraid to die. I heard the preacher preach about hell, and I knew in my heart... If something didn't happen, I was going there. How about you? Do you know where you're going? I had fear in my heart. I had guilt. But I'd heard him preach about Jesus and what he could do for me. Amen. The price he paid for me. What he did for me on Calvary. How he rose on the third and appointed board. That's the only hope I had. Amen. So I got down and I said, Jesus, please save me. Jesus, please save me. And about the third or fourth time I did, that fear and that guilt that I had on the inside, I found something better. I found peace. I found joy. I found love. I found something much, much better. I got more than I asked for. All I wanted was salvation. But I got a hope in heaven when this life is over because I obeyed that voice. Are you listening? Is He speaking to you? Do you want to be saved this morning? Obey. Call on Him. Ask Him to be your Savior. Come on, my